Welcome back to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Christy Purifoy. And I'm Lisa Jo Baker, and it has been five months since our last episode. Thank you, dear listener, for your patience and your grace and your encouragement to take time away after nearly six years of consistent content. Today, we are going to tell you how it went. Did we do the right thing? Was it worth it? What happened? What have we been doing? How many bonbons did we eat on the couch? Get comfy, (laughs) friends. Here we go. Lisa Joe, I just wish our listeners could have seen you and I just now trying to remember how to podcast, how to use our equipment, (laughs) how to send one another a Zoom link, where to find our equipment. How to find our equipment. There there was running up and down of stairs. I forgot my glass of water. And yet, here we are. We are back. (laughs) We are back, baby. I mean, my microphone is covered in hair and fluff and all kinds of weird things (laughs) that I keep pulling off of it as I have this conversation. But indeed, we are back. And I think, and you think as well, if this was actually your idea, let me give credit where credit is due, that um, we should give our listeners, we should give you all here today the first or nearly first word at the table. Um, these have always felt to us like conversations around a table. So how about that, Lisa Joe? We had, um, I know, quite a few of you reach out and share that you were missing us, that you were re-listening to old episodes. Really, we were both in a good way about um, just the number of you who reached out and um, some of you left reviews and one of those is really special. Yeah, this is from, and I actually think it's fun because I think I'm going to pronounce it Embrace, E-M-B-R-A-Z, Embrace Mm -hmm. 19. Mm -hmm. She titled it, Finally Writing This Review. And she said, I've been listening from the beginning and have many times thought that I would sit down and write a lovely review to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for your work on this podcast. But I have three small kids, and it took several years to follow through on those good intentions. So here we go. This podcast has truly been a gift. Lisa, Joe, and Christy, your stories have become a section of my mind, to paraphrase Richard Preston. You've shaped how I see the world, and you've given me the courage to value the small things and to embrace a quiet life. And she goes on to say, I've caught the gardening bug from Christy and deeply resonated with Lisa Joe's stealth attempts at running. <laughs> I've learned to see my own inclination toward quieter, less exciting things, not as a handicap, but a gift, drawing me towards the deeply meaningful When I listened to your most recent podcast, I was cheering you on for your wisdom and courage and giving yourselves rest from this space. I've always felt intimidated by those who are able to produce an endless stream of content with seemingly no fatigue. Thank you for being real people. It's giving me a chance to give those early episodes another listen. Rest well, friends. I actually have goosebumps. (laughs) I know, which I think begs the question, did we, Christy, did we rest well in the last five months? That is the question. And immediately I want to say, I don't know if I did it well. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 
but we rested. I rested. Um, yes, yes, yes. So thank you. Um, yeah, thank you to our listeners for not only allowing us to do that, giving us permission to do that, but as we we read in, in this review, actually being encouraged by that. And I have heard that from a few others, um, comments online or even some face-to-face comments. People have said, I always wondered how you did so many things. It's really helping me to realize that um, you too have limits. You too, you know, um, can feel overwhelmed and you have to lay some things down. Um, a number of people have told me that that was wisdom that they needed to to receive. Um, I think we're such a, you know, our... our um, we have so much, the word she uses here is content. Like there's so much on offer for us all the time and we can be in this kind of consuming mindset and it can look as if the, whoever we follow, you know, the podcasts we listen to, whoever we follow on YouTube or, you know, people we follow on social media or even um, face-to-face in our lives, leaders we look up to, it can seem as if they're doing um, just impossible amounts of things easily and that can make us question our own abilities, our own value, our own worth. And I, if I'm proud of, of one thing, and I'm proud of more than one thing, but if I'm proud of one thing that you and I have done on the podcast, Lisa Joe, is to be very honest about um, our humanness, our weakness, our questions, our doubts, our struggles, um, because um, those things are also um, a big part of ordinary life and navigating those things. So. We needed rest. I needed rest. And yes, I found rest. And it would be fun, I think, in this conversation to share some of the other things I found. It wasn't only rest. I picked up new things, which was um, which was good. Um, Picked up some things I didn't expect to pick up. Um, And so, yeah, more than rest, I will say. How about you? Yeah, I think I'll qualify my answer to say it's not like we took a six-month leisure vacation in which we lay on the sofa and ate bonbons and watched TV for five months. So, you know, both of us are people who produce work. I work full-time and Christy works on a variety of different projects too. So for me, I think what this did is the end of the year was a pretty intense push work-wise and being able to take the podcast off my schedule, I think helped me maintain my sanity. It it was really intense. So in that sense, there was a part of my brain that rested. I guess what I would describe it as actually, it was like it freed up some space Mm -hmm. for all of the other things that I am working on. So I will admit this was a very intense year. I, this summer, took almost no vacation at all. And, um, I was really struggling come like November. And uh, so not being freed up from the rhythm of the podcast, because it does become one of those things that's on your calendar. And there's a sense in which you have to produce and it's a creative endeavor. So it feels like, oh my gosh, I have to be creative again. I have to come up with something Mm -hmm. to say or share. But um, I was recently rewatching one of my favorite shows, Parks and Rec, and there's this great episode with Leslie Nope, the main character, where she's she cannot come up with a new idea. She's so stressed about it. She wants everyone to pull an all-nighter. She's so obnoxious. She wants to lock everyone in a room and force them to come up with a creative idea. 
And she's so shocked that she has no new ideas until Ron Swanson, her boss and mentor, uh, they are at an Airbnb and he essentially like locks her in a bedroom and it's like, you are not coming out until you sleep. Like it's two in the morning. You have to go to bed. And she's so mad that he does that. But then, of course, she's forced to rest, essentially <laughs> shuts her brain down for I think she sleeps like seven hours, which is twice her normal night, she says. And then the <laughs> next morning, she's just a fount of ideas. And I think that was proved true in my life this year, that it is diminishing returns, creatively speaking. We need to give our brains capacity to rest and reflect. So laying the podcast down helped give me some space in my work life to be creative in ways I needed to. And then over the Christmas holidays, I had over two weeks off from work, and it was shocking to me to realize how amazing it was to essentially hibernate. We didn't travel this year. And then as I hibernated, I started to feel like that creative juice again, ideas I had for trailers to do with, you know what, that we will talk about later. Um, I just started to say, oh, this is fun. Like suddenly it became play to be creative again. And, and I really know that that was because I had made space in my brain heading into the end of the year so that first I could finish up my work creatively the way I needed to. But then I had additional space to just feel like creating again was joyful and fun. And here's part of it behind the scenes, like not instantly feeding that creativity out into the content machine, but just savoring it, just enjoying creating for the sake of creating and thinking about what it could be in the new year, what I might want to do with it. But there is no drumbeat. There is no schedule. There is no like, but it has to be uploaded by tomorrow. I could read books just for the fun of it. I could watch tons of TV, um, lots of movies I watched with my kids that were inspiring. And I, and I know that having the podcast off my to-do list helped create space for those things, weirdly, both work and eventually rest. Space, that's the good word. And I'm, I'm casting my mind back. I feel like some of our last conversations were on that theme of spaciousness, creating mm. space, like literally cleaning out some closets, <laughs> yeah. um, which I did do some of that. Now I'm sitting in an office that is once again inundated with leftover Christmas detritus. <laughs> so I have more of that. There's always more. <laughs> so it's a cyclical thing. Um, but that idea of creating space, I felt that too. Like a word, another word I, I used to think of it was margin. I feel like there was just a little more margin. And unlike you, I laid down a few, a few things, um, like my online garden club community and um, hosting events, the workshops I had been hosting in the Blackburn Online, um, probably some other things I'm forgetting. Anyhow, I, I laid down what I could. And um, also, it was the first time in a while I wasn't writing a book. And editing the previous, anyway, it was it, it was a quieter season <laughs> just in my book writing life. And um, I found that I needed that margin. And I think that that can happen where we feel that nudge to create some space, almost like in our lives, to clean out a closet. To say, mm. okay, I'm going to empty this closet, even though I don't actually know what it's for. And it it felt like that in my own life. So we... Mm. Um, slowed down the podcast over the summer when we um, reshared some favorite old episodes and um, and then just came back to sort of 
set pause in the in September and then took this fall off. And that season really coincided with a very intense parenting season for me. I have, I guess I have two teenagers, one 20 something, one younger one. And, um, and yeah, really that summer fall, there's no crisis. It wasn't a parent, it wasn't a season of parenting or family crisis, but it was very intense parenting needs. I'm just, you know, with teenagers Mm -hmm. in the house and I couldn't have foreseen that. I wasn't expecting that. And that season of just needing to be present for my kids just lingered and lingered. And there were so many moments where I said to myself, oh my goodness, thank Mm -hmm. you, Lord, that you went before, that you, you know, had been prompting me to set some things down because Mm -hmm. I don't even know what I would be doing right now. How would I be surviving? It would, it would have been so bad. And instead, it felt like like I'd been prepared. And so it wasn't a crisis because um, my presence was needed more. My time was needed more. And so I could just give it. And uh, so I said, thank you for that many, many times. And that's just an mm-hmm. example, I think, of how we're really not in charge of our lives except to listen, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then to, to try to, to be faithful to, to the guidance we feel like we're being mm-hmm. given. And beyond that, it is in God's hands because we cannot foresee these things. Like we don't know. Mm-hmm when these needs will pop up. Um, Mm -hmm. But I was really grateful um, that there was this margin and this spaciousness that hadn't been there in a long time. Mm. I feel like as well, I mean, maybe this is one for the younger parents who might be listening. Mm. By younger, I mean both younger, because you're younger than I am, (laughs) (laughs) and those with younger kids. Um, I realized in this season as well um, that... When my kids were younger, let's say this, before my kids were teenagers and especially older teenagers, that kind of parenting is very demanding. It's exhausting. Um, You can't leave them alone. They need regular meals. I mean, it's, you know, it's like hands-on parenting. And so it it has its own intensity and it can wear you out in its own way. Um, But what I'm realizing now as my kids are older and as I live in a house that's kind of full to bursting with with adults now, right? Or almost adults. Mm. <laughs> um, is that it isn't so much hands-on, although there's a little bit of that. You're teaching kids to drive. You're, you know, there's some hands-on, but um, you're cooking lots of food. <laughs> you're helping them <laughs> learn how to cook their food. There is still hands-on. But really, I'm, I realized that when my kids were younger, my creative mind, my heart, like big chunks of me were still sort of mine yeah, and needed to be exercised in other areas. So as long as I, t- you know, made food for my kids and, and kept their laundry going and then sent them out to play, like my mind, there was still space there to be creative, to write my blog post or work on my book or, or work in the garden or whatever it is. What I have realized in this season is that when our kids are becoming adults or they're young adults, it takes all of you. It's like all of my creativity, all of my heart and emotion, all of my mind is, was needed to counsel them or guide them or be present to their, to their situations that in a way that did not leave anything free <laughs> or anything left over because now I'm relating to them more like adult to adult. Um, but not quite because they're still, you know, growing. And um, that was that's that 
was just something I don't I don't remember hearing that from other parents, although I'm sure lots of of um, parents, you know, further along than I am are probably listening and saying, oh, yeah, um, that surprised me. That's what I feel like I've been doing, you know, the past six months or so. And um, that is really not what our conversation is going to be about today, I don't think. But I just feel like I'm going to just put that out there. So if some of you get to that place, you will you will say, oh, I heard it would be like this. And it won't be like that forever because eventually they leave. <laughs> well, you've now done what this podcast always does for me. I'm always the first learner on the podcast. And I feel like you've given language for something I actually have never heard expressed that way, mm-hmm. but have been experiencing. Because in the last few months, particularly as I've looked at younger writers who have young kids, right. I have constantly found myself saying to Peter, I don't understand. Like they're just producing how are they doing all it? Yes. of the time. <laughs> and then I would remember myself and how yeah. I would write so yes. much when I had little kids. And I know I was exhausted. I know yeah. they were puking all over me. I was washing their bottles. But I I kept wondering and and how I was trying to understand it is Maybe it's like when you're really close to the birth of something, you do sort of have this shot of like intense life force is how I would describe mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, look at the creation of all these things, these humans coming into my family, into out of my body, into my life. And it it was like a shot of creative adrenaline is how mm-hmm. I would describe it that that I then lent into and was able to write and produce. And I have looked at the landscape now of writers and and I'm watching other young writers with tiny baby children literally do the same. And I'm questioning myself all the time. Like, where is that? Like, have I lost that? Is that gone? And my goodness, Christy, you just gave me back a piece (laughs) of myself because you are so right. Because teenagers, you know, when they start talking, you know, when they want to have a deep conversation with you at 1030 at night, that's when they want to talk to you. Not a surface conversation. No, no, no. No. Gear up, man. Here it comes. Like they're going to drop that stuff on you and you are going to need to put down whatever you were working on. And then you will have to dig into your own heart, mind, and mm-hmm. soul, into mm-hmm. your past, into the stories from your childhood you haven't mm-hmm. wanted to revisit. <laughs> they will become the person you create content for. Oh, my mind is blown right now. Like, because that's exactly right. I am having the same. We have one who's launching out into the world next year, and he is full of deep and meaningful questions. He says things like, I need to understand my origin story. So I feel like I don't know enough about dad. I've learned a lot about you, mom, dad. Can we talk? And then I'm like, may the force be with you, Peter. Like, good luck with that one. And then he comes back to me and then he says to his brother, oh my gosh, you're not going to believe what I learned about mom and dad. You need to ask them. And then you, you're you reliving the whole thing again with the next kid. And I, let me just put it this way. I find it deeply fulfilling in a way I did not find Mm. small children fulfilling. I am not a small children parent. That whole period was, I did not enjoy it. I did not savor it. I am so glad it's over. But this season, and I think maybe it's the storyteller in me, like I love that my kids want to have these conversations. I feel equipped to have them. But at the end, I feel like a rag that has been like drained out. There's not a drop left. And honestly, all I've got left after something like that is the energy to binge something on Netflix. And so I feel like you've really given me a gift of grace because I kept wondering, what's wrong with me? Why have I got nothing left in me? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad that resonates. And maybe that is what this episode is about. I mean, that's how we we roll here at Out of the Ordinary. Um, 
Yeah, I can't even pinpoint when exactly I started to piece that together for myself, but it has been over these months. And um, yeah, it's just so different when your kids are younger. And I don't even mean that young. I think this is the other thing is that this shift happens almost overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, like you, you, you go from one to the other in a year. Uh, it just, yeah, it can just change so quickly. So I can look at pictures of my kids from even just two or three years ago. Um, and it's not that long ago chronologically. And yet to me, it feels like a whole other life. A lifetime. Because yeah. At, yeah. At that point, I could have a conversation, let's say with my son. And then that would be the end of it. Whereas now we have a deep conversation and then I need like the next two days in my own head to to process like right. the whole thing. Or to process with your spouse because yes. a large yes. part of parenting adults, yes. almost adult children, yes. part of what's been interesting learning for me is there are a lot of things Pete and I are going to say to each other that we can't actually say to that kid. Yes. So we're like, we'll, he'll be like, I just have to talk to you. I'm so mad. I'm so frustrated. I cannot believe they made this choice. And then yeah. he and I yes. have this big emotional moment. But then when you talk to that child, and, and I would say this is healthy parenting, was not modeled for me. So we are trying to write a new story in our family. We don't dump all our feelings on that kid. Then he and I are in a healthy place. And I've had to have times where he's ranting to me. And like He'll like be texting me. I'm so mad. I'm going to go talk to that kid right now. And I'm like, wait, wait, like, no, You're too mad. you can't like what's yeah. happening right now is you are modeling. We have to mm-hmm. model for them. Mm-hmm. Like, this is what it looks like. They need us to decode their stories for them. They don't have the tools. Mm-hmm. We don't get to be infuriated by this. We have to, act- this child has to be an adult next year. Like yeah. they have to navigate this. We have to help them. And so it is, it is fatiguing because I feel like you're having the conversation three times. Three times. You're yeah. having it in the beginning before you talk to the child. Yeah. Then you're having it with the child. And then you're debriefing yes. with yeah. your spouse afterwards. <laughs> and so like the kid has no idea. They're just living their happy life about how great their family is and how they feel like they handled some situations so well. <laughs> the parents are like behind the Pulling scenes, like yeah. dripping blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> Yeah. So Uh, listeners, that's what we've been up to. (laughs) Yes. And we have jobs. So the other thing that I confessed to Christy that I feel like is germane to this conversation is that, wow, you've really blown my mind. There are, when I was writing the book, for example, it took everything out of me. And I know Peter carried a heavy load of the parenting. And I was reading somewhere online or someone was talking about how you get a choice, like either you can put your writing first, or if you're a present parent, you're going to be putting your parenting first and that, you know, they chose to put their parenting first. And I told Christy, I did not make that choice all last year. Like on per, I mean, I knew that I was choosing to finish the book, to finish writing. And so, and I, it's funny, I haven't quite understood why. And I think I realize now it's because it took like yeah. every part of who I am as a human. I parented that book. I parented those stories. I had to go back into my past and make sense of things so I could put them on the page. Well, that is what parenting older children is like. And so now it's this weird shift back. I'm very present with them. I'm aware. And then feeling like, how, how did I write a book last year and do this? And I think I realized it's because you can't. <laughs> you can can't only do, both. do one or the other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
I think this is just more evidence of like a theme we've often returned to, which is just seasons, um, seasons in the garden for me, but just seasons of life and, and, and our conviction that ordinary life is seasonal, cyclical, shifting, and to pay attention, it is not always one thing or the other. And uh, so what is it now in this season? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's so interesting that we've been we've been there together, even if we haven't been processing yeah. this together. Well, it's pretty part wild. of it that's funny is that you and I kept talking about trying to get together. We were like, going to get together. <laughs> we're going to get together. We've had five months. And every time we were getting together, honestly, like either my nearly adult children would have all their own commitments because they had work or they had you know birthday events or whatever, or there'd be something that we're navigating and then, mm-hmm. or we would have just navigated something and then just honestly, Christy, <laughs> be, be tired. too tired. <laughs> yeah. Like we're just, I was like, I don't think I can see anyone. Like I don't have capacity. And, and at the same time, we're being human, right? We have mm-hmm. church commitments and we are doing a lot in the city of Baltimore yeah. and we just... We had a lot of people stay with us over the last five mm. months, which has been wonderful. Don't get me wrong. Like, we've loved it. But you know what that's like afterwards. You just mm-hmm. essentially want to hibernate. You just want mm-hmm. to make like a vegetable. So by the time we got – and we have birthdays in in December, just like mm-hmm. you do. And so by the time we got to New Year, my little extrovert was like, what are we doing for New Year? I was like, nothing, man. Nothing. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to yeah. do anything. Thing. I just mm-hmm. want to be still and be silent. All of that to say, thank you, listeners, because mm-hmm. there was just grace and space mm-hmm. for a different kind of work that that under I describe it as underground work, that work mm-hmm. of the seed that's germinating, that has to mm-hmm. die, that has to be under the ground, the quiet work of work work, you know, that's behind mm-hmm. the scenes in our actual job and then behind the scenes in our families and our lives. And but I do feel Poking my head up now in January and looking around, I sensed at the end of December, heading into January, oh, there's this, there's life in me again. There's something ready to poke its head out and say to the world, hey, I, I, I've been doing something in the dark and in the quiet and I'm ready to share. So mm-hmm. that is the weird flip side of it. I didn't think I would be ready. I have not mm-hmm. thought for five years I would be ready for this book to be in the world. And guess what? <laughs> mm-hmm. The book is in the world. It is coming. <laughs> it's coming. Yes. It'll be so wonderful to talk more about that. Probably even starting next week. Dive into that. And these things are not disconnected, right? Because you've been writing memoir, family stories. Um, gosh, I'm so excited for everybody to have your book, Lisa Joe. Um, I have a book coming out really in just a couple weeks. And um it it's um it too is full of, you know, personal stories, stories of seasons and of, you know, that kind of generational mindset. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll dive deep into that. Um, I feel like I also just want to share, and and this is what I'm still thinking about, still navigating, still like, I don't, I don't have this figured out, but, but I I hope I, I walk in the right way. But this is my my question. So, like, so we wore ourselves out, right? <laughs> we wore ourselves out. Now, you pushing to finish that book, I mean, that is a one-time thing. Like, you may write mm-hmm. other books, but you are never, like, never. that book. Like, you're never, never. you're never doing that again. Like, that was huge. That, this is a, this is a very, this is a once-in-a-lifetime book. Um, 
I I look back, and I and I don't see. I'm 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 struggling even for the words. So let me let me let me try to just get it out there. I think I am wondering how do I pick things back up again? How do I show up again? And there are things that I'm really excited to pick up. There are some new things I picked up while 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 we were on our little break that I'm excited to continue. Um, some writing work, just different things. How do I do that while respecting what I have learned about my own limits as a human and not overriding those limits? Mm. Um, and so I feel like there's got to be a, a balance here or maybe some seasonality. I'm not sure. This is what I'm, th- these are just the questions I think that are still in front of me. How do I step back out in a slightly more active way again? How do I start saying yes to some things again that a few months ago might have been an easy no? I'm not doing that right now. Um, how do I do that wisely? How do I do that well? So kind of like with the um, wonderful words from our listener who opened our conversation, she asked if we had rested well. I'm now wondering what does it look like to um, to pick up to create life well. again? Yeah, and to do it well without neglecting rest, without um, working myself back into the place I was, which was um, overcommitted and tired and and so on. And I I feel like I sense two possibilities. There may be more, but at least two. (laughs) One is um, just being aware and just being very careful with my commitments moving forward. And, And the other possibility is is to acknowledge that you know this might be a, a somewhat cyclical part of life that um, just as our closets over time get a little too stuffed and every once in a while we just have to go in and clean stuff out and we know like that is a a cycle we will continue. Does my schedule, my life, and my commitments become a bit like that? Where I know some things will add up and in time I will reassess and I will tidy the closet again. Um, and maybe it's a little bit of both. I don't know, but I just feel very aware that I'm so grateful for the rest and margin that I had and the spaciousness, and I don't want to live without that. Now, maybe I'll have a little less margin. Maybe I'll be a little busier. That's okay, but I just don't want to go back to feeling um, the levels of overwhelm and exhaustion and stress that I have on occasion felt in the past. And not but not from the podcast, but just from the all the things, right? Mm. Um, so I don't have the answer to that yet, but that is big on my mind because I feel I feel like this tiptoeing back into life is the key moment, right? If I pick up mm. too much or I do it too quickly or I just say yes to all the things, I could be mm. right back where I was. <laughs> and I don't mm. want to be right back where I was. So Friends. we'll see. This is the closest you will ever hear Christy come to a New Year's resolution <laughs> or a goal. Yeah. <laughs> so I, true. I, so I, as you were listening, I was like, oh, there's hers. That's her mm-hmm. goal slash New Year's resolution undercover. Yeah. Um, and it's in some ways connected to what I've been thinking about. I'm, I'm really not a word of the year person at all. I don't do it. It feels, again... I'm one of those weird people who doesn't enjoy routine. I don't like if everybody's doing it, I don't want to do it. Like I'm weirdly anti-authority in that way. And yet 
I've been having these conversations with friends who keep saying to me, oh, that sounds like that's your word. And I'm, I was resistant at first, like, stop, what? I'm not trying to have a word, but I kept <laughs> using the stupid word so much <laughs> that I'm now just like resigned to, if you want to call it my word, that's fine. My point being, I too have been thinking about what does this year look like? What it, And in that sense, I actually don't mean like, what will I achieve? I mean, what posture will I have coming into this year, which I think is what you're describing too, this thinking about how you don't want to suddenly be overwhelmed again. And how do you, to the degree that you are responsible, what what do you have to do to make sure that that happens? And I've had similar thoughts last year was wonderful in many ways. I started a new job that I love, but at the same time I was finishing a book and parenting teenagers and taking on some responsibilities in nonprofit spaces. And I will say like what last year felt like to me is kind of like, I don't know if you've ever watched, you know, a a TV show where there's like a hospital character or whatever, like doctors or people in high stress jobs who are just like, if they have to eat, they're just on the go. Like they're standing at a counter, just shoving food in their mouth before they can move on. And it's like a cold slice of pizza or something fast because they know they need food. They need some kind of sustenance to keep going, but they're just like pounding that food and moving on. I sort of feel like that's how this past year was for me. There were all kinds of good things, but I was literally just like living in the pace of an ER doctor, just like snatching food when I could to keep going. This year, friends, is a big year for me. I will turn 50 this year. My oldest will graduate high school. My youngest will become a teenager. I have a kid. I'll have two kids driving. Pete and I will have been married 25 years. And this book that feels like I've been talking about it forever finally comes into the world. And if you have been following on social media, you'll know I announced yesterday officially the title. It's on Amazon. You can pre-order it. It's called It Wasn't Roaring, It Was Weeping, Interpreting the Language of Our Fathers Without Repeating Their Stories. And as I have looked ahead at this year, part of me has found myself starting to say to Peter, oh my gosh, I'm freaking out. Like it's going to be so much this year. And honestly, as I started to say the sentence, I caught myself and I said to Pete, wait, no, uh uh-uh. I've been waiting for this book for so long. I'm so excited about where Jackson's headed. I love that Zoe's turning 13. Like, wow, we made it to 25 years of marriage. I just want to enjoy it. Like, I want to feel present for this year. I don't want to just pound the year each month, you know, check it off. Oh, I survived it. I survived it. I just kept saying, I just want to savor it. Like, I want, I don't want to miss it. I want to savor these last months with Jackson. Like, I want to savor Zoe turning 13. And Think of something beautiful. I want to savor this book coming into the world. I've worked so hard on it. I don't want to feel set up by what expectations tell me they should be. I just want to enjoy the experience of finally sharing it with the world. And so savor has been this thought I've really had as I talk about what the posture is I want going into this year. I want to savor these milestone moments, I do not want to speed by them. I want to stop at each one. And it makes me think about how growing up in South Africa, at the time, we didn't have these big like interstate rest stops where you can go in and, uh, you know, there's like five fast food places and restrooms and showers, you know, the way you see now. And we have those in South Africa. They're called Petroport. <laughs> we have them everywhere. They're huge. They're beautiful. We didn't have those. 
honestly, you'd be driving and there'd be like a mile marker, or a kilometer marker at the side of the road. And there would be these little tables and chairs, these benches, usually in a little lay-by, pull off the road under some acacia thorn trees. There'd just be this little cement table and chairs. And you would have packed your food and you would pull off and then you would just sit there and have a little picnic lunch while you're traveling for six hours. I want each of these big events to be that. I actually want to pull off under a tree and be like, it's happening now. Like the book is coming into the world. I got to announce it today. I want to be present for how people feel about the title and about the cover please hit me up on the Instagram or the Facebook or email me. Like I'm dying to hear what you think. I've been holding it for so long and I just want to savor it with you. I want to sit down, you guys, and get your feedback. But I want to do that for everything this year. I want to savor Jackson graduating. I don't want to be traumatized or angry or sad. I'm sure I'll have those feelings, but mostly I think I want to set my focus on on the posture of savoring these moments and being present to them so that when I get to the end of this year, I can look back and feel like I really was present for for all of it. It wasn't a blur. I wasn't just eating fast food on the go in these experiences, but that instead there was a feast, like there was a bounty. And I think this is your language, Christy, because I'm not usually that person. (laughs) You are the person of events, of savoring, of creating moments. Yeah, that's true, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and this year, I think I'm here for it. I am so glad. And it's really good for me to hear that, too, as well, because it reminds me. Actually, I, I sort of feel some of the burden and, and fear and trepidation fall off a little bit. because It reminds me that, yeah, I, too, can focus on um, the special things that will come up this year and what it looks like for me to savor those things. And um, that's exciting. Thank you. That's super exciting. And I hope we get to savor some of these things together. <laughs> yes, please. I actually know that we will be since we'll be at your house in just a week or so. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, this is a this good is, re-entry. I, yeah, I'm here so for it. It surprised yeah. me as usual. I yep. felt encouraged. I learned things. Yep. Yep. Not what we planned. Always better. And uh, I'm excited to hear more about um, this special book of yours next week. So looking forward to that conversation. Friends, thanks for being back with us. We're so happy to spend time with you. Oh, oh, oh one I, note. We, we just both thought of it at the same time. Yeah, we, we did. Yeah. Okay, you go. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you've noticed as we've been talking um, a change, a, a, a good change, hopefully, on your end. We have not been interrupted even one time for um, advertising. Mm-hmm. Did you notice? Nothing. Yeah. yeah. Why is that, Lisa Joe? Well, it's part of, I think, the slowing down piece of it. Um, We are really grateful for ads. We're grateful for our ad network. It was great. Uh, It covers the running of the podcast, which Mm -hmm. is not, in fact, free. It costs Mm -hmm. us to edit, to record, to uh, host online. Mm -hmm. But when we thought about coming back, one of the things we wanted to change in terms of being able to really lean into and savor these conversations again was just not to have the pressure of ads, which takes quite a bit of time for us to read them, to maintain them, the relationship management with the advertisers. We just decided we were going to let that go. And Mm -hmm. even though there was our ad network really wanted us to stay. Oh my yeah. gosh, how many times did we have to tell them no? It was like trying to break up with a really persistent boyfriend, was. which was a great compliment. And at the same time, we just decided it was okay to let that go. But on that note, we do still have the same expenses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, we do. And, you know, uh, this this part was not 
planned at all. We knew we needed to do this in an easier way. And then we sat down with this conversation and it was like we had both had the same idea. You know what? We could just tell our listeners that it would be great to have a little help. Um, We're committed to doing this. We want to send these conversations out there to the extent that we were prepared coming into this to just pay out of our own pocket to do that. But it would sure be a help if um, you joined us in supporting the running of the show. So we've never done that before. We've never asked for that. But we're going to add a little link. I think it'll probably be a PayPal link just to keep it simple. Um, Hopefully in the show notes, um, probably on our website. If you're on our email list, I assume it'll be there. We'll just try to share it so that if you um, are one of those folks who've been so supportive and listening over the years, um, we would love to invite you in in this new way. So no ads, but we'd be grateful if you'd help out and we will keep the conversations coming. Yeah, we thank you in advance for helping make the conversation possible. And I understand different people are in different seasons, so there's really no pressure. But if you were like, oh, I've always wanted to give a little vote of support and confidence. Now's your moment, man. Now is your moment. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everyone. We will be back next week for more talk. I can't wait. (laughs) Podcast assistance for this show is provided by the fabulous Jody Smith. If you're looking to start a podcast or you need help with editing, we highly recommend you contact him at jodysmith.com slash ordinary. That's jody, J-O-D-E-Y, smith.com slash ordinary.